Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch community, and welcome to episode 52 of the 167 Podcast. I'm Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church, with my friend, the birthday boy, what, what? media pastor, Josh Harrell. Hello, Joshua. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? It's going fine with me. How's it going with you on your birthday? It's pretty good, you know. It's Big 3-0. Big 30, you know. It's it's interesting. I finally, I don't know. It's 30. <laughs> Did you have an expectation of 30? No, but it is actually out of... For whatever reason, I've been more <clears throat> excited about this birthday than any of those other milestone birthdays. Like 21? Yeah, I didn't 25. care about 21. 25 was cool because <clears throat> I got a lower insurance rate. Yeah, yes, you did. But 30, is, to me, is, just seems really cool because um, most of my, my 20s were like a very transitional period of my mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking, like, <clears throat> I'm thinking... Who knows if this is how mm. it's going to be, right? <laughs> but I ha- we have two wonderful daughters. Yeah. We, we have a, a wonderful church that we're plugged into and, I and like I'm it. a part of. I like of. the church you're part of, yeah. And, you know, the third, to me, the 30s seem like it has the more ability for um, stable happiness. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. But it seems like it could be there. Well, you know, God and everything. Yeah. You know, he 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 can he can make that that so for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe people will quit calling you that kid that's back there in the. It's finally the kind t- of started to happen, <laughs> I think. But I think it happened like two weeks ago. Who's that kid? <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, December seventh, nineteen ninety one. Mm-hmm. That was the day, a that's... day which will live in infamy. No, not that one. Because it's it is. So you were born on the 50th anniversary of Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. Wow. Today's also my mother's birthday. I know. In heaven. Hello, mother. It, she doesn't listen to podcasts. I don't listen to She probably does. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. That's, I, don't, I don't know how I, that I works. That's bad theology. I don't Do think Do they get does. Spotify? I don't, I don't know. Pandora, probably. <laughs> um, but I do, to me, it is a really interesting fact about me and you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Is that I share a birthday with your mom, mm-hmm. and then you share a birthday with my mom. Yeah, so we, we, should, we have no excuse for ever forgetting each other's birthdays. birthdays. That's right, that's right. So um, I have a couple of tidbits about your birthday. Okay. And what was going on in 1991. Oh, oh okay. Okay, so it was a Saturday. It was. Yeah. Uh, I, was a, I was in my first senior year of college. <laughs> so, uh, and so since it was a Saturday, I was most likely sleeping in with a slight to major headache. Mm. Um, George H.W. Daddy Bush was our president. Yep. Uh, Pope John Paul II was, mm-hmm. was uh, leading the Catholic Church. Uh, the music, uh, music uh, Black or White, Michael Jackson, was a hit. Yeah, I think it was number one that week. It was. And Boys to Men, It's So Hard to Say Goodbye was a close second. Mm. So if you want to sing that, you can. No. Um, I know Michael Jackson better than I do Boys <laughs> to Men. Two great movies, but one's the best. Uh, JFK was out. Uh-huh. Uh, but the very best was Father of the Bride. Yeah. Steve Martin. Great movie. So do you know JFK is why Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon exists? No, why? Be, no, because he's in that movie is and he? it ties to JFK. So many. And there's oh. so many big celebrities in it. That's, That's That movie the, is the reason 
Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon exists. Yeah. And if you guys don't know what Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon is, Google it. It's very interesting. I, I did it for like three days one time. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> wow. Um, video games that were out at the time, Street Fighter 2, mm. yeah, Legend of Zelda, mm-hmm. and Final Fantasy 4. Mm-hmm. They were big ones. I've played, I, I've never played a Final <laughs> Fantasy game. Oh, but Drew, I played Drew the Nazimal. other two. Here's what was going on in the tech world since you're a media pastor. Okay. Uh, the World Wide Web. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, and the first web page was launched just two months before you were born. Thanks, so. Al Gore. Yeah, right? Yeah, he's the, <laughs> he, he invented the, the, uh, the web, the interwebs. Um, following its decision to not develop an operating system in cooperation with IBM, mm-hmm. Microsoft changed its name from OS2 to Windows NT. Mm. Which, by the way, if you're still using Windows NT, it's time to upgrade, Peepaw. So, <laughs> I mean, there was a senior pastor we worked for that was still on Windows XP when I came on staff <laughs> in 2015. Well, you know. So, uh, Adobe Photoshop 2.0 was released. Yep. And Apple released the PowerBook. Ooh. So all that was going on. All that was going. Do you know on. why Photoshop exists? No, why. It was to, that's the program that made the first lightsabers for the Star Wars movies. They invented Photoshop to do the Star, Star Wars lightsabers. Really? Mm-hmm. That's That's good information to know. Yep. Yeah. So happy birthday, buddy. Thank you, thank you, thank so you. So we're, we're blessed to have you as part of the the ministry here and just I'm, your friendship. And I'm blessed to be here. It is. Glad you're here. Yeah. Glad you're here. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I just ate a very delicious, warm Holtz donut. Yeah, thank you, Kristen. That Kristen brought up here for your birthday. Yeah. And so now I'm like a little, <clears throat> yeah, it's just so good. I need to post a retraction. Okay. Uh, from last week. Okay. From episode um, 51. Uh-huh. Because last week I may or may not have questioned the realness of Santa Claus. And I was wrong, kind of. Oh, okay. So um, I did a little reading, and I can now report that Santa Claus was, in fact, not a myth. Mm-hmm. There actually is a historical figure upon which Santa Claus is based. And so I thought today we would talk about in this episode the history of Santa. He's real. He is. Real. He's real. I know him. I got a question though for you. Okay. <clears throat> Who is Santa Claus's favorite singer? Um, hmm. I have no idea who. Elphis Presley. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so here's what I want us to talk about. So it all starts with this man named Nicholas. Nicholas. St. Nicholas, he's also known as St. Christmas, Father Christmas, Old Man Christmas. In France, he's known as Pierre Noel. In Austria and Germany. <laughs> I only know that because of the Santa Claus movie. <laughs> in Austria and Germany, the, uh, he's known as Kris Kringle. The Dutch called him Saint Nicholas, um, and so and in their language it was Sinterklaas, which gradually evolves into Santa Claus. We'll look at that. So who is this man? Who is Nicholas? He's a real person. His his name is Nicholas of Myra, and he was a fourth century bishop in the Catholic Church in Asia Minor. And he we know his birth date. He was born March fifteenth, two hundred and seventy. So just a little bit older than you. And he's born in what's now known as modern day Turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, the area was very culturally Greek, um, and politically, it was part of the Roman diocese of Asia, so it was all part of that, and he was actually a a wealthy, he was an only child of wealthy Greek parents, and they died in an epidemic 
when Nicholas was younger. And so he got a huge inheritance and was raised by an uncle who was a bishop, also named Nicholas, uh, Bishop of Patara. And he trained Nicholas for the priesthood. So, okay. so Nicholas, uh, he was known uh, as, to be outspoken in his beliefs. And he was, he was actually persecuted by the Romans and was imprisoned during the persecution of Diocletian, which if you don't know a lot about that, it was it was one of the worst persecutions against Christians uh, simply because they were Christ- Christians during the time of the Roman Empire because at that time the Roman Empire was all about pagan pagan gods, right? I don't I don't know <laughs> of a worse persecution of Christians to date. Is no. There? I mean, no, I don't I think like he was he was the that was it yeah. was like Persecuted for your faith, that was the prime example that, yeah. like, Paul... Probably prior to um, the Holocaust, this was the largest one, and of course, you know. Yeah. So so in the year 303, there are four emperors issued a, a series of dictatorial laws, which essentially did away with any legal rights that Christians had. So this was the beginning of this persecution. And these edicts, they demanded that Christians comply with traditional Roman those practices, those pagan practices. So they had to give sacrifices to Rome, all those things, right? And this this persecution was severe. Now, because of where it was based, the further away you got from the uh, Roman Empire, the less it was enforced. Mm-hmm. So where Nicholas was, it was very much enforced. But as you got more towards... Europe and and like what we know as Britain and those areas. Yeah. Um, it was less in force, but it was definitely enforced in the eastern provinces where Nicholas lived. Um, and because he refused to worship these pagan gods, he was in prison. He was put in prison and he suffered hardship, hunger, cold for anywhere from five to ten years. Um, then Constantine came into power, which right. is really when Christianity yeah. changed. Um, and so the persecutions ended in uh, 313. Nicholas is released. And, I mean, Constantine, he's known for... Constantinople. <laughs> Istanbul was Constantinople. was, um, But he's really known for Christian Christianizing. Is that a word? I don't know. It is um, now. For, he, for doing this to the Roman Empire, bringing Christianity into it and renaming... Here's what he, this began. I think we've talked about this before. I don't know. But he renamed all the pagan holidays, and they they morphed a lot of the pagan mm-hmm. holidays. That's yep. right, we did, um, and put uh, a Christian theme or a saint or something on top of those um, to regard them as as Christian. So he, it was basically his pushback against all that had transpired yeah. before. Um, shortly after, so he had been in prison. Nicholas did. He returns to his homeland in three hundred and seventeen, and he becomes the bishop of Myra. So. Um, he was still a priest during all that time, and and uh, when he returns, he's the Bishop of Myra, and he's listed, this is really interesting, St. Nicholas, as he's known, he was just mm-hmm. Nicholas at the time, Oh, because he didn't go, I'm a saint, like you don't, they didn't make him a saint until after they had died. died so, yeah. so Nicholas, he's listed as the 151st attendee at the First Council of Nicaea in 325, and that is the famous council where the much of the modern dogma of the Catholic Church was determined. So you're saying Santa so, Claus helped canonize the Bible? I mean, you know, there you go. There you go. So, um, and Nicholas was known as, he was a very staunch um, 
anti-Aryan and not Aryan like Nazi stuff, but like there was a guy <laughs> named Arius yeah. from Alexandria, and he and he was he was pretty uh, outspoken that that the Son of God, that Jesus didn't always exist, but that he was created by the Father, which goes against our understanding of the interpretation mm-hmm. of Scripture, yeah. where in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Mm-hmm. And so Nicholas disagreed with Arius and and defended the more orthodox Christian viewpoint that the Trinity is always there together. And according to stories which we cannot possibly corroborate, <laughs> uh, but Nicholas got so angry at Arius that they duked it out at the Council of Nicaea, and, and he punched Arius in the face. That's the story. Who knows? That's kind of cool. I kind of like it. I kind of yeah. like the idea of it. You know, in um, Christmas Chronicles on yeah, Netflix, with like with Kurt, Kurt Russell, Russell yeah. he kind of plays this kind of rugged kind of guy and I can just kind of see uh you know and I know that's totally uh, we're gonna get to that version of Santa but like I could just like all right I kind of like a a, a someone who's gonna duke it out over over the you know the trinity Mm -hmm. and (laughs) and everything it's like let's go so um now remember he had an inheritance Nicholas Mm -hmm. yep so he was known to be this very generous um person bishop um, and there's a couple of stories that come out, which again you can't prove, but you know th- they're there, yeah. and they're there enough yeah. that you go, hmm. Like when I was reading them, they're <clears throat> all legends right. of Saint Nicholas. They're n- I don't know if any of them actually said we know this. One we happened. saw this happen. Yeah, right. So you don't know, like, and ha- as legends are, just like Saint Nicholas, mm-hmm. just like Santa Claus. Um, at one point, where's the, it was there a kernel of truth that then develops into, you yeah. know? So a couple of the stories, um, which I think are quite interesting. <laughs> I'm interested to hear your your viewpoint on some of these. Um, but he, uh, these are, I guess, a few stories or myths or legends. He was known to have just tossed a bag of gold coins into a needy family's yard, like anonymously, like as he was just strolling by, like, whoosh, you know, because this family he knew of needed help, but he didn't want to be... Yeah. Known as the the benefactor or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, so what do you know on this story of him supposedly, which sounds a little creepy, but then again, it's what we know about Christmas um, or Santa Claus, is uh, he snuck into the home of a family of three daughters. Mm-hmm. What do you know? What, what do you read about this? So apparently they were going to be... <coughs> It was a it was a very poor family, mm-hmm. and back then marriage was tied to marriage is what brings us together. It it was tied to dowries and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but the family didn't have anything for basically to go along with these girls to marry them off for them to be worth anything. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different issue. You need to start saving up, Josh. Yeah. Anyway, well, Adeline's gonna. <laughs> yeah. But um, it used to be tied to that they needed something of value to go along with mm-hmm. your daughters to. to for them to be valuable enough to be married, that's a whole different issue. But um, seems totally okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So the these girls were going to be sold into sex slavery. Mm-hmm. And At best case scenario, they were going to be sold to suitors who didn't suitors. That's a that's a nice term. No. They were going to be given to men who didn't care so much about the dowry. Because they just wanted the woman, mm-hmm. and I mean, best case scenario is that maybe the guy was going to be decent. Yeah. Best case scenario. Yeah. But most likely, nah. Nah. All right, sorry. Anyway, go. <laughs> and so he pre- 
so Nicholas, Nicholas provided enough um, coins mm-hmm. for each girl to have a dowry for them to be married off to, to a, successful a better men. <laughs> which I, I, you go, well, that doesn't seem right, you know. But yeah, it saved these girls out of what was going to happen to them. Right, and well, and if you think about the context, the men that would have received a dowry mm-hmm. to be married lived under the social construct of, um, I'm not going to say they were all upstanding gentlemen, but they lived in this construct of, this is what you do. You have you get married, mm-hmm. you have a wife, you have a home. The you know like the the possibility of them living a more a safe, yeah. <laughs> protected life was much more mm-hmm. likely. Because now they had a dowry and were able mm-hmm. to do that. I mean, no guarantees of yeah. anything. But um, one thing, I, it wasn't tied to this at all. <clears throat> but one thing I've read about a dow- dowry before, what it it was basically the father of the daughter, mm-hmm. basically giving the guy enough money to make sure that his daughter is taken care of, no matter what this guy does. Mm. Like perfect, like looking at the rainbow. This is how this should yeah. work. Yeah, it's the dad <laughs> taking care of the daughter. More. <coughs> hmm. See, and I've understood the dowry as um, I have been, um, she's going to be a, a drain on your resources. She's going to be eating food and she's mm. going to, so here. <laughs> here you go. I mean, I, mean I don't know how much she's going to be eating, but you know, like that's, that sounds like a lot. Depends on how many sandwiches she makes. <laughs> that's right. Oh my goodness. So, but with that story of the daughters, mm-hmm. the legend, the myth, whatever you want to call it, was that he that Nicholas snuck into the house because he wanted to be anonymous, right? And he put gold coins in stockings that were hanging by the fire by the fire to dry, mm-hmm. which began the legend of stockings hung by, by the, the well. Also started the going Santa Claus comes while you sleep. Yes, yes, and then the whole chimney thing, mm-hmm. which we don't you don't hear this in the story that the no. Nicholas the Bishop Nicholas Bishop of Myra slunk down a chimney and no. put some gold coins in a stocking. But um, So Nicholas was part of this this new Catholic tradition, which, um, this, like I said, this is new, where they celebrated the birth of Jesus on the already observed winter solstice. Because remember, Constantine put these holidays Correct. in place. Yep. And so a lot of early Christians didn't celebrate the birth of Jesus at all. It wasn't really a day. Um, and so... The, this was just these kind of all. I, I think if if Nicholas hadn't have died in in the month of December of the year three hundred forty three, yeah, it wouldn't be attached. I, I, yeah, so he did he did die on December sixth, and and so it's known in a lot of the Greek Orthodox and other parts of the world, especially as Saint Nicholas Day. We don't really know anything about it, but um, in the Netherlands and and a lot, some other European countries. Children leave out their clogs, or you know, I guess here you would leave out your Crocs. I don't know, and um, <laughs> but you'd leave your shoes outside the door on <laughs> December fifth, Saint Nicholas Eve, mm-hmm. to be filled with presents mm. because of this legend of Nicholas being a, a anonymous giver of gifts. That'd be a um, smelly presence. Yeah, if they were in my shoes. If they were in Mallory's shoes, um, but so listen to this, Josh. Just see where we get our traditions. They also believe this this legend that if they would leave some hay and carrots in their shoes for Center Claus's horse, mm-hmm. then they might get some tw- uh, sweets back. So yeah. you see this mm-hmm. thing. So, so after his death, he was revered as a saint, 
Um, and he's known for that in, in most versions of Christianity, especially in the Eastern Orthodox side. Um, so by the year 450, so a little more than 200 years after he was born, churches in Greece and Asia Minor, they were, they were being named in honor of him. So that, you know, like St. Nicholas Church or whatever. Yeah. Um, he was officially honored as a saint in the year 800. I'm surprised it took that long. Well, who knows? I don't. I don't know. I don't know why or what the timeline was, but, and so they started. Really, December sixth began to be celebrated as Saint Nicholas Day in France um, by the 1200s. Well, first it was celebrated <clears throat> as Bishop Nicholas Day. Yes. And then. Oh yes, that's right. And yeah. then Saint Nicholas because yes. he wasn't mm-hmm, very good. So but, and yeah, because he was like <clears throat> he was a revered bishop. Bishop at that. Before saint, yeah. Before he got sainthood, like he was, he was given a day as a bishop, mm-hmm. not a, not as a saint. Yeah. So like that just kind of shows the how, how revered pro- he was. Yeah. Yeah. Prolific. Yeah. He sure. was. Yeah. And so as time went on, as legend legends are, uh, whenever someone would get a mysterious gift, they'd be like, "Ah, oh, Saint Nicholas must have given given that to me," you know. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the thing. And so the legend of Saint Nicholas. Um was there, but when all of this kind of religious upheaval starts to occur in Europe with right. this guy named Martin Luther, I don't know if mm-hmm. you've heard of him. Yeah. Um, On another holiday. St. Nicholas doesn't, I mean, he, he doesn't escape what's going on because in Germany, where the Reformation took place, led by a monk, a Catholic monk, Martin Luther, he banned saint worship, which I think is totally fine. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I don't think, yeah, anyway. And so, but because of all that had transpired and built up around this legend, uh, Nicholas was rep- replaced with what they would say in Germany as the Christ Kindle or Christ Child mm-hmm. as a model of this is what we're going to celebrate. And so even though like St. Nicholas was kind of brushed aside or chased away mm-hmm. from Lutheran regions, right? Um, he was still very much welcomed in the Netherlands and all that, even though the Netherlands are very well known for their Calvinistic mm-hmm. leanings. Um, so bringing it forward a little bit, when a group of Dutch Calvinists are fleeing religious persecution in the 17th century and they set sail to come over here to the New World, they bring the legends and the, the exploits of Sinterklaas. Sinter, yeah. Yeah. Um, with them, they bring those with them, and so these founders, these immigrants who founded New Amsterdam, which we know as modern day New, New York, York mm-hmm. they introduce Sinterklaas. So when winter comes along and all these things, he's part of their their lore that's yeah. going on. Uh, and of course, as is most things that happen in the United States, we jack up names really bad. And so at some point, Sinterklaas became Santa Claus well, for us. It was too German. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, well, that's true. You know, like, there's... Um, the reason Smith is a name... Schmidt. As opposed to Schmidt. Yeah. You know? We yeah. we had to take... We had to take away different cultural ethnicities to make mm-hmm. everything more American and make you seem more normal. Did you know during World War II, you probably didn't know this, but they... Um, restaurants didn't serve hamburgers because it, there's a place in Germany called Hamburger. Hamburg. They mm-hmm. call it the Liberty Burger. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't, that's where we get our term hot dog mm-hmm. because it was a Frankfurter. Mm-hmm. It was like, nah. I'm, I'm, 
it's I know interesting. your history stuff, but it's interesting <clears throat> that uh, hot dog has stuck. Hot it, dog, yeah. yeah. I don't know why, but it does. Yeah. yeah. So there we back to. Ooh, oh yes. But uh, funny fact is mm-hmm. that the uh, the Jewish uh, Frankfurter um, manufacturers were the one that coined hot dog. Mm. And it's interesting that mm. a Jewish company like Nathan's and oh, yeah. International mm-hmm. are like the two biggest hot dog, like the revered hot dog yeah. manufacturers in the world <coughs> of a German product. They're like, boom. Well, yeah. they're German Jews. So, I know, yeah. but it's yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah. Oh, yes. This is also about Germany. About hot dogs. World, okay. During World War Two. Okay. Um, Fanta. Was invented. Fanta, Fanta. Was invented so Coca-Cola could sell products in Nazi Germany and not have their name. Wow. Exposed in Nazi Germany. Welcome to capitalism. Yep. Wow. Interesting. Did not know that. Yep. We needed a whole episode on Coca-Cola, I think. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot about it. I was reading an article the other day called Coca-Colonization. Ooh. It was like someone's like PhD dissertation. I thing would love and, to read that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to find it for you. So. By the time of the seven, people are going, oh my goodness, you guys are the biggest nerds I've ever... We are! Uh, so by the time of the, of the revolution, 1776, Santa Claus now had become, I love this, had become a symbol of American resistance against the British occupying forces. I mean, yeah, that happens, that happens a lot. Anything that they can tell a story with... Oh, heck yeah. I, I mean, mean, you look at like the... The um, the stories, the lore of African Americans in slavery, mm-hmm. and how those stories developed um, to continue their storyline, you know, hidden in stories, oftentimes mm-hmm. uh, um, hid- hidden <clears throat> in um, uh, songs. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah, uh, hidden in church songs. Yeah, that they could sing, and like that's As, how you got directions on the Underground Railroad with certain songs. Yeah. I'd be like, you better pay attention, Junior, because, I mean, if you're going to be the kid not paying attention, you better pay attention. Yeah. So, so, because you got to turn left up there to get. So, St. Nicholas. So, here we are in 1776, the revolution. Um, and, and so, Santa Claus becomes the symbol of American resistance because um, <clears throat> the, I don't know, for, for political reasons, um, there was a pushback by the what was being lifted up as um celebrating christmas by the british at that point mm-hmm. so it's kind of a hyper religious thing of no we're not going to celebrate those things that we don't celebrate cuz very orthodox people might be like no we're not going to celebrate these holidays that are just covering up pagan holidays oh okay so santa claus actually becomes like a i don't know like a uh, this image of we're still going to do it anyway, you mm-hmm. know? And mm-hmm. so it's was, it was just very interesting that there was this pushback against the colonial mar- monarchy. Um, and so in many ways, his, his new fame spread even more in the new world in America because of that, mm-hmm. because of the revolutionary war. Now, 33 years later, after, after the war, um, Washington Irving, who was a, a, um, a really good writer, he published um, a History of New York in 1809, and it's this comic take on a make-believe. He had a pen name, Dietrich Knickerbocker, which is where the New York Knicks get their names, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, but he tells this humorous story of the founding of New York. 
And, and Irving was the first to make the literary transition from St. Nicholas to Santa Claus, like for it to actually be a thing. Mm. And it just kind of becomes solidified as Santa Claus from that point forward. Right. Um, and then a couple of years later in 1821, a poem called Old Santa Claus with Much Delight was published. Um, and so it's this first, and that's the first time that Santa is illustrated with a sleigh and being pulled by a reindeer. Mm-hmm. So this is when this comes into the, the, the part of it as far as it, the American understanding. Um, and then in 1823, there was a famous poem, poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, or as we might know it, Twas the Night Before Christmas. And it was published, and in this you have St. Nick, who's described as chubby and plump and a right jolly old elf. Yeah. Right? And having a miniature sleigh and eight tiny, tiny reindeer, which you kind of go... If you're chubby and plump, do you need a miniature sleigh? Or yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I just always thought like that was always like one of those weird word choices. I, think I was, thought, yeah, who knows? So, and this is the first time in 1823 that we find out the names of the reindeer, which oh, is of course it? is popularized later in the song. But yeah. this is when it's written. Um, so then along comes Thomas Nast, who talking about doing a Coca-Cola thing. There's a most people say, you didn't even talked about Coke and its influence on Christmas, but it even goes further back to Thomas Nast yeah, and does. how Coke um, took on what Thomas Nast mm-hmm. had developed and did that. But in Thomas Nast, he, was, he really popularized the American cartoon, especially in regard to politics and just things that were going on in the day-to-day life of American culture. So this guy, Thomas Nast... He's the one that created the symbol of the Republican elephant and the yep. Democratic donkey. Mm-hmm. And he also um, popularized the figure of Uncle Sam. Mm-hmm. So Nast, um, he does this in Harper's Weekly. He is um, in like 1879. He d- develops this or presents this picture of Santa Claus in the way that probably most of us would know yeah. him today. At one point, I think Coke tried to buy the rights to his original oh, wow. creation. Yeah. Because they'd used it mm-hmm. to develop their stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think they tried to buy the original. And I don't think I they don't, could. I don't think they could, yeah. But so, um, and it was it was Nast actually who first suggested that that, that St. Nicholas Santa Claus lived not in Turkey or Spain <laughs> or Holland, but actually at the North Pole. So, um in the UK, they call him Father Christmas, Santa Claus here, because we Americanized that word. Mm-hmm. Um, they've kind of become more and more and more alike through the years. Um, even though we say North Pole, Finland, they say he lives in the north part of their country called Lapland, which, uh, you know. And he's also known for wearing a green coat in a lot yes. of European uh, understandings. So. There, there was a... <clears throat> oh, crap, I can't remember. I think it was actually just called Santa Claus. I always got it confused with the Tim Allen one, but it wasn't. It was the one with Davey, mm-hmm. the guy from the Monkees. Oh. And, um... Real? Davey Jones? Yeah, but he wasn't Santa Claus. Okay. He, he was one of the elves. <laughs> okay, well, that makes more sense. Yeah. And then John Lithgow's in it. Huh, okay. And it, when he's in Europe, he wears a green coat. And then oh. when he comes over to the U.S., he wears you know, a red I think coat. I may have seen that. It's, it's a really trippy movie. Cause <laughs> it, it probably is. Because it's, like... Basically, it starts with him. Was it made in like the seventies or eighties? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. When he's like a real per, real person. Like it starts like way back when, mm-hmm. and he's like on. A, and what you're talking about with Saint Nicholas kind of 
is at the beginning of this movie, he's in a horse, and he's not really delivering toys. He's delivering, like, gold and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then some, like, the elves find him and go, hey, you have this greater destiny, and you come oh, do this for interesting. us. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. It seems very familiar. Yeah. It's, I always got it confused, and I was always a little disappointed when it wasn't the Tim Allen one. <laughs> but it, it's, it's a good Where's the tool movie. man? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, the the man that we see in parades, in the mall. Does anyone go in the mall anymore? I don't know. Um, but the Santa Claus that we know today is like this modern condensation of fact and myth. But it all embodies the generosity of this of this real man, this Catholic bishop. Um, has a little bit of bits of mythology. There's this Norse figure, Odin, you mm -hmm. know, the god, um, <clears throat> and and that's where you get a lot of the flying through the sky and the sled mm -hmm. stuff. But it's all wrapped in this goodwill for all people. Um, and so, up, bringing it up to this day, it's like okay, giving gifts in this name. So, this is what we know about. St. Nicholas, St. Christmas, Father Christmas, Old Man Christmas, Pierre Noel. Popo Gijo. Chris Kringle, Center Claus, and Santa Claus. So I retract my statement from last week when yeah. I questioned his uh, realness. But I, in a way, kind of, sort of. But I do love the fact that even though it is like so commercialized, mm -hmm. if you look at the roots, it still points back to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'd say it does. It points back to a man who followed Jesus and exactly and lifted up the faith and 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 yeah, he did. He and lived he, out like he took he, care of the poor. He took care of the poor. Mm -hmm. He he did what God the, called um, us yep. to do. Mm -hmm. Take care, follow Jesus for our community. Yep. You know, and and even though it is this big bigger thing, that if if you lose sight of what's important, you you'll miss it. Mm -hmm. But if you really dig it. Jesus is still there. He is. He is. I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. So so that's the history of Santa Claus. He's real. Do you have a favorite him. Santa Claus movie? Um, a Santa Claus movie? Or a Christmas <clears throat> movie? White Christmas. Okay. White Christmas. Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, Rosemary mm. Clooney, the lady that dances really well and has an <laughs> eating disorder really bad. I mean, she's super skinny if you watch it. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, oh, it yeah. almost looks like she's had ribs removed. So it's Ooh. like beyond... Yeah. And, and it's was, like it's. I'm not just saying. I think she has one. Like I think it's documented. Is documented that she. Well, it was in that golden era of oof. like Hollywood. And yeah, they was, were probably on amphetamines and everything. Yeah. Like so. But I love that movie, mm -hmm. and it's you know, um, Mallory was introduced to Die Hard the other day. So the the so cleaned up TV version. Do you call Die Hard a Christmas movie? I, I, not really. I just do because I think it's funny. But yeah, you know, I mean, it plays around Christmas. So yeah, it does. I mean. Home Alone is also a really good one. Yes. Home Alone is one of those movies I could catch at any time, like if it's just on and mm -hmm. I can start watching it, and mm -hmm. it's a good movie. And um, he reminds me, Kevin McAllister reminds me of Grant Bembry. Mm. So I could see that. Of, of our of our kids' pastor, Kristen's son, Grant. So. Yeah, but that's my, uh, White Christmas is like my, I got to watch it every year. Mm -hmm. um, I've already watched it once. Um, and... Um, and then anything else I catch is, is okay. So yeah. 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 For me it's uh Tim Allen Santa Claus. Mm hmm Because I I was really young like I was in like my I mean, I think it came out like ninety five. Mm-hmm. So I was I don't like know. Yeah. so I was like in that like yes. he was Santa Claus to me. Yeah. You know, like 
I assumed like that's that's the guy. That's the guy. This is how the story happens. Yeah, and then uh, and this is <laughs> one I I don't catch flack for, but they go really jingle all the way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh no, that's a funny movie. I and, love um, it. Sinbad. Yeah. Oh man, that is a funny funny I movie. I love it. Yeah, that is a really funny movie. And because that's also like the time <clears> I like. Came out in 94, Santa Claus did. Yeah. Not Jingle All the Way, but. And yeah. Jingle All the Way was about the time, like, you really had, like, those toy fights. Over. Yes. Yep. And. And this came out in 93, Jingle All the Way did. And I remember my mom, <clears throat> like, going through one of those, like, episodes over a Furby. Oh, my goodness. See, it was Cabbage Patch dolls um, for my sister. First. That was my the sister's first one. age. My sister's seven years younger than me. And uh, that was a that was the first time I ever realized like wow people are like yeah. losing their minds. A Cabbage Patch doll and then Tickle Me Elmo were like oh. the two <laughs> things that like solidified oh snot. <laughs> we, you better get your toy ahead of time. And when that's when you just go, I hope Saint Nicholas will walk by and, and throw a bag of gold into my yard I'm, so that I, mean, I can I'm afford back. to buy these things. Let's have that tr- tradition come back. Somebody <laughs> throw some gold in my yard. Anybody? Anybody? So. So yeah, that's our that's our um, understanding of of Santa Claus as we know him today. So, well let let's let's talk a little bit about what we have going on for Christmas at the porch. What do we have going on for we, Christmas at the porch? We started our Advent series this past Sunday. Yes, um, great message. If you haven't listened to that, go check it out. I mean, it'd be the podcast right seems, before this one. Yeah, that 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 pastor is just amazing. She is. <laughs> I mean, she I'm is. So kidding. <laughs> I, I, I know you don't want to hype yourself up. But. No, let, let's move on. Okay. Let's move on. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, we did start the Advent series, um, mm-hmm. and like I mentioned in the message, like we were kind of behind um, because we f- were finishing Exodus. So we started with hope, even though it was really technically the second week of Advent. Mm-hmm. But we had our worship night uh, this past week, and uh, we kind of moved into the second part of the preparation and peace. So this Sunday. Uh, the 12th of December, we will be caught up as far as in the calendar of Advent. And uh, we're going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I'm trying to lose my voice just a little bit. But oh, no. A, but we're going to talk about joy mm. um, this Sunday. So I'm looking forward to that. And then last night, well, recording yeah. on Tuesday the last worship. night, we mm-hmm. had our worship night. It was mm-hmm. fantastic. It was wonderful. It was really wonderful. We had just some uh, different people from from our church that would that um, I had prayed about and um, just reached out to him and said, hey, would you share a psalm? Because mm-hmm. we called it an evening in the psalms. Would you share a psalm, a, a portion of a psalm, and, and why it's important to you right now in this time of your life? And it's just really cool. And, you know, a couple of, of the people uh, are new believers. Mm-hmm. I- and to hear that um, just, it was it was really powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um- the uh, music was incredible. Yes. I mean, our band, second to none. Yes. But um, probably the one I know the most about uh, getting up and speaking was Matt Cribbs because mm-hmm. I know he's a new believer. Yep. And he gave me cold chills. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. And he quoted, he, it, you know, I had them all send me their psalms beforehand to make sure you guys had what you needed for the screens, you know, mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. Like, what version are you going to read and yep. everything? <clears throat> and he sent his, and I was like, oh, that's that's like one of the very... That was my one of my, uh, I mean, handful, three, four, maybe five verses that I clung to as a brand new believer. And really? it's Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Mm. And so when I saw Matt sent that, I was like, yes. You know, and, and it's funny because that's 
exactly what he talked about. It was mm-hmm. like here he's in this kind of scary new place in his life, and and it, and yet you and, know. And for me, he came up right after you, and then when he talked, he just kind of set the tone for the whole night for me. Yeah, you know, yeah, just just the open realness. Mm-hmm. Like the, to me, the and it, it's not just been in this worship night, but most worship nights, the the testimonies or the always, always, yeah, yeah, is is what hits me hardest mm-hmm. in those mm-hmm. nights. Yep, yep, I, I love it. I love it. Um, talking about joy, uh, this Sunday, uh, December twelfth is when our Christmas impact backpacks mm-hmm. are due back. Yep, yep. So uh, ninety one kids that we uh, are are coming alongside and making Christmas possible for them. So. If you're listening to this um, during the actual time frame um, and you have a backpack, be sure and bring it back by this Sunday. And it's going to be wonderful to see all those being brought in and then um, help them get sent out later this week. And we've got some baptisms. So yeah, if you four young people um, who are being um, immersed in baptism. 930 this, is going to be stacked with baptisms. I know. I'm really, really looking forward to that. So a very joyful, joyful day. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and then the 19th, talking mm-hmm. about music, um, it is our Christmas music services, which, you know, same, 9, 30, and 11, like yeah. our normal worship times, but they're just always just really good. And, you know, uh, I know Justin could, like, pull out his hair mm-hmm. as much time and work he does to uh, pull those off, and, and he just does an amazing job, and it's just such a joy to be in the room. Mm-hmm. And, and help do yeah um, yeah for sure and hit his and the <clears throat> band's uh, work that they put in there uh, it's just they just do an incredible yeah job. our musicians and our vocalists are mm-hmm. and your crew the tech the tech crew I mean the people that are there and uh, make things happen it's just yeah I, it really I, it probably sounds very rote and repetitive and like oh that's just what you say but like and I believe I speak for you as well but like mm-hmm. We are blessed to get to work with the people we get to work with oh, to, to worship God. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that's just so amazing. I mean, we <clears throat> we are, I, I'll, I mean, just the tech team, because I know them inside and out, mm-hmm. we are so outside the norm with the, the amount of skilled people that we have oh, yeah. in that booth. It is, it is incredible, and they are amazing, and they um, pour into... Uh, the next generation, and it mm-hmm. is—it's just incredible to see um, <clears throat> the the heart. Yeah, that the heart—that's that's the it. people in the booth that you only realize that. I mean, I don't think our church does this, but a lot of places only realize the tech team if something goes wrong. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I don't, and our church is again <clears throat> completely out of the norm for that because. Uh, well, we tech, try to recognize y'all. And uh, recognized and celebrated. We try to do that because it's and, important. And it, and it just makes their faces light up when. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it, it's always nice to be recognized, not when you've messed yeah. up. So, <clears throat> um, and I guess we'll finish up with saying that uh, Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. we've got uh, two candlelight services at three p.m. and four thirty p.m. And that's on a Friday. Yes, it sure. is. It is. I, I know it's December 24th. I, yeah, I don't, it's Friday. I don't care what day <clears throat> yeah. it is. And um, yeah, we'll have wonderful services that, that day as well. So, well, um, Joshua, 
Happy birthday. Thank you so much. It's a joy to work with you, and I hope you have been blessed. I know you and Kara got to go away for your birthday, and we're mm. going to go to lunch today and Woo-hoo! celebrate you. But um, thank you for all you do, and I pray that God's blessing on you in this coming year and that he just keeps uh, revealing himself to you and using you and gifting you and, and all those things. So thank you so much. Very much appreciated. Love you. And Porch Community, love you too. Porch Community, we love you guys. Yeah, we do. And uh, we look forward to seeing you or talking at you. Kind of with you, I'd hope, is more like would be better. Uh, Very, very soon. Have a great week. We'll see you soon. See you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours your week.